The Forum at 8 on SAFM. On the Forum at 8 this morning, uh, we're talking about youth issues. And thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Now, with Youth Month uh, that has come and gone, uh, desperate young South Africans think that youth issues will now take a backseat until the next Youth Month. At least this is what we seemingly have become accustomed to. Now, they blame what they call a lack of seriousness in dealing with the crisis that they are facing, the crisis of unemployment, there's a lack of information, drug and alcohol uh, addiction and abuse, as well as many other social ills that everyone wants them to avoid. But... The problem is that nobody seems to coming up, uh, be coming up with any real alternatives. So what are political youth parties doing to address the needs of the youth in South Africa? Are these youth formations channeling their energy and focus into fighting broader political battles instead of prioritizing the youth and the obstacles that they face? So we want to hear from you this morning. What are your views? 891 is the call-in number. Are broader political squabbles diverting youth formations from executing their mandates, which is towards the young people in this country? And joining us for the discussion this morning, we have uh, from uh, the African National Congress Youth League, uh, Mbali Tlope, who is spokesperson for the ANC Youth League in Gauteng. Thanks for coming through. Thank you. Uh, from the Economic Freedom Fighters, President of the EFF Student Command, Mpo Morolane, thanks for coming through as well. Thank you so much, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. And joining us on the line, uh, Democratic Alliance Youth uh, Federal Chairperson, Yusuf Kasim, thanks for your time. Thank you, Sakina. Good morning to yourself and to your listeners. And, uh, of course, you know, the million-dollar question is, so is there actually a point to having these youth formations of political parties? Because are they not just uh, towing the line of what the mother body is doing instead of actually focusing on what the youth need? Because one would think, as the name suggests, that that would be their focus, Mbali. Hi, Sakina. I don't think that's the case. Um, You can't say that youth formations are not necessary (coughs) because... Part of what we ought to do is to ensure that we voice and champion the interests of youth, which is what the ANC Youth League is about. We have what we call our twin tasks, which is about rallying young people behind the banner of the ANC and championing their interests. You can't avoid the national landscape and what is happening within it. That is both the economic, the, the, the political and the social. This informs the struggles that we currently are facing as young people. And therefore, it would be difficult to say that we should we should then forget about national politics and what is happening in the country and focus only on youth issues, as if these two are not in any way intertwined. Um, so we understand, as much as there's national broader politics that are taking place and our mother body is taking care um, of those in that regard, we equally have to influence them. Because South Africa has a youthful citizenry and it needs a youth voice to be able to champion the interests um, of the young people and the challenges that we're facing. And I speak about unemployment, um, the scourge of your social ills and so forth. It is us, because we understand them better and we face them, that can be able to voice them to our mother body and stipulate what we need to be done. And doing that, the ANC Youth League has not only... um, created a voice for young people, but we continuously continue to engage with the government at hand of what is required. We have established the NYDA, for example, to ensure that it delivers to the young people of the country um, 
Yes, it may have its teething problems, which everybody seems to exaggerate as if the NYTA is not doing anything. But there are a lot of success stories that can be given um, that the the NYTA has been able to deliver on and ensure that young entrepreneurs particularly are able to get into the economy because we want to transform the economy. But it doesn't end there. We speak about health. We speak about education. We constantly, as our Freedom Charter says, we want to increase the doors of learning for for young people. And we do that. We, we robustly engage with our government. And this is why government has made education now an apex priority, because it understands that for us to develop and to build on this developmental state, you need skilled and educated young people. We need to change the narrative from what it was, where it was the economy and the country was racially tilted, where black individuals were um, then put in the periphery unskilled and so forth. We are changing that narrative daily and our government has done great strides in doing that. And it is partly because of the voice of young people and the militancy that we continuously continue to have in ensuring that we push for the transformation that we require and we want to see. Are you winning? We are. We are. Look, I what mean, are I some of the successes that uh, you could rattle off instantaneously? I mean, some of the successes that we can immediately speak of um, is as far as the movement we're making towards opening the doors of it, of learning. And I say this because education is very central to our struggle. Um, I've indicated earlier that we understand that to develop this nation, you need an, an educated and skilled personnel. We need to do that. South Africa is a youthful, uh, a youthful citizenry. And to transform and make sure that this youth who are currently in the majority unemployed, are able to be absorbed by the economy and to actively participate within it. You need to skill them and you need to educate them. So we've done great strides. As we speak today, NSFAS has been able to um, assist more than 1.5 million learners and ensure that they get and are able to acquire a higher education this has been done. This is our government that has done this. As we speak today, new universities are being established by the government because we understand that access is central. There are a lot of access uh, challenges that we're facing, but government has taken its, its, the initiative to ensure that it opens up as many and creates new institutions of learning. But beyond that, we move then to health. There's the National Insurance Fund that we speak out we speak about that government is now going to implement to ensure that it brings about better quality. And our minister is doing great work within that stride. You go to your state-owned companies and so forth. I could state a number of things um, that we are utilizing to make sure that we not only transform the economy, but you transform the political and social components of, of our country. EFF? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Akina. In fact, I'm surprised uh, that you invited the ANC Youth League because from where we're sitting, uh, the ANC Youth League is not existing. Uh, It has been reduced into a help desk. And uh, I want to state that, uh, you know, as the EFF Students Command, we were recently launched on the 16th of June in University of Limpopo. So you cannot compare us currently with uh, structures that have been in existence. And I agree with you that uh, the ANC Youth League, uh, the DA uh, Youth Movement, they are mom when it comes uh, to issues of young people in the country. Let me give you a few issues that I think uh, the young people of this country should be actively participating. We are faced in a situation 
whereby the ruling government, uh, the ANC, is corrupt in government, the issue of Nkandla, we are expecting, as the young people, to hear views of the ANC Youth League on issues such as corruption on the Nkandla issue. We have the issue of inaccessibility in institutions of higher learning. Let me give you uh, statistics. In the University of Stellenbosch, you had 23,000 818 students who applied uh, for access to study in that institution. The Stellenbosch could only take 4,900 students, and I'm talking about uh, 2015. In the University of Cape Town, you have uh, 23,600 students who apply in that institution. You only had the institution taking 4,000 of those students. The University of uh, Rand here in Johannesburg had 54,000 uh, applications. Only 6,400 uh, uh, students were allowed into that institution. There's an issue of uh, employment. The young people do not have access to the participation of the mainstream economy. And uh, the spokesperson of the ANC claims to be assisting and being active in that regard. I don't think uh, black young people are active uh, in the economy of this country. We still have a long way to go. And the notation... But does that mean there were no strides made? Look, uh, we, we, we can't say that uh, positive strides were made. Uh, uh, we, we can't say that. I'm saying that because you can't have 21 years after democracy still the economy being dominated by over 90% of the whites. And if you are talking about strides, uh, how many percentage are you talking about? Are you talking about 4%, 3%? We can't say we've made strides uh, in that regard. And uh, it is not true that uh, the doors of learning and culture uh, are open to young people uh, in South Africa. I've given you statistics of students uh, who wanted to study in the University of Stellenbosch, in the University of Cape Town, here in Feds. And majority of students, they could not be uh, accommodated into the system. The speaker from the ANC Youth League, she spoke about uh, NEFSA's performing very well. In, in fact, that is a disgrace. Uh, to students of South Africa. It is a disgrace uh, to young people of South Africa. Why? Currently, the uh, government is dependent on only 1.4% of the fiscals uh, to assist students in accessing uh, education. And uh, uh, if you measure the standard of uh, the continent of Africa, at least the average is on 1.8% of the fiscals. And you can't say that we are a strong economy in Africa while the government of the ANC is not taking education serious. Well, let's hear from the DA, um, uh, Mr. Kasim, Yusuf Kasim. Thank you, Sakina. It was quite interesting listening to my colleagues from the different youth formations. And I think the most interesting was to hear a spokesperson of the ANC. I'm not sure in which capacity and which structure, but speaking about successes of the Youth League um, uh, and, and trying to claim successes that the Youth League absolutely had nothing to do with. Um, and then the main success that perhaps the Youth League had something to do with speaks about the NYDA, which has only created to employ ANC Youth League cadres and haven't, hasn't assisted any young people in particular. So perhaps if we go back to the main point of this discussion, um, we can agree that there is a risk 
for youth formations to be used and perhaps used by certain individuals, as we saw with perhaps uh, Julius when he was with the, the AMT Youth League before he, he founded the EFF for one's own political opportunism, which can sideline youth issues and, 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 and take a backseat to political agendas of individuals. Um, or it could be open to interference from other bodies, and I think those are risks that we need to be cognizant of, and we can't be naive and say that they don't exist. Having said that, I don't believe that there isn't a role to be played uh, by youth formations, and I think the Democratic Alliance Youth has shown that if you focus on your mandate, and that mandate needs to be to organize young people around their specific issues and bring them front and center of your of the political aspirations and agenda of your party, that it's possible uh, for those particular issues to gain prominence. And I, I can speak of, for example, uh, one of the issues that has been raised this morning with regards to access to higher education and training, where the Democratic Alliance is the only political organization with a viable alternative for free higher education for poor qualifying uh, students. We adopted a resolution to this effect at our recent Congress in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro, and uh, we have put in a, a particular model that shows how it is affordable and how it would be able to expand opportunities uh, for South Africans across the country. The ANC, uh, of course, the ANC government, and I sit in the Portfolio Committee of Education and Training in Parliament, um, will never be able to implement uh, free, free higher education for poor students. And they've, they've admitted as such uh, in the work that they've done and in projections that have been made. And uh, it's, it's purely because they cannot prioritize uh, the futures of young people ahead of a patronage government. And if we look at the budgets and the fiscus and you compare it to the DA's alternative budget, the DA youth has a, had a very large impact in, 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 in negotiating how young people are prioritized, one would be able to pick up that fact. Another issue would, for example, be the youth weight subsidy, which was held up by the ANC Alliance partners, and now we have a watered-down youth wage tax incentive. This issue was raised by the Democratic Alliance youth uh, 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 you know, as an issue that that would benefit young people in terms of uh, 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 contributing towards uh, employment of young people and experience for young people in entering the job market, and it became a, a, a national issue and part of the national discourse of the country, uh, which would not have otherwise been uh, uh, such a massive issue. And there's a number of them. Um, mm. We also talk about access to 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 starting business for young entrepreneurs the uh, proposal of an opportunity voucher scheme, which has already been implemented as a pilot project in the Western Cape government. Uh, this was a proposal of the Democratic Alliance Youth in order to give young people an opportunity to access finance, to access uh, other types of support, to start a business, to employ others, and to gain skills for themselves and for their employees. Um, we talk about the internship schemes that we have proposed and learnership schemes in order to gain experience. And the, the, the main theme around this, uh, Sakina, is how we have pushed issues based on the principles of freedom, fairness, and opportunity so that young people can be able to access opportunities in order to further their aspirations so that the circumstances of their birth do not determine uh, you know, the, the type of successes that they will be able to access and the opportunities. But how is that possible? Access. How is that possible, Yusuf? Because the playing fields aren't level. The, the playing fields uh, currently, Sakina, are unlevel. But if you look at the mandate of a youth, let, let me just put, I mean, all other discussions aside. When you determine the success of the youth structure, you must be able to examine whether those issues that you are advocating in terms of your structure have become front and center of your political party um, and whether or not they have been become mm -hmm. implementable within the governments that they serve. 
Now, if you look at the issues that we've pushed within the Democratic Alliance, we've already implemented them within the governments that we've served and that become front and center of our policy platforms. I mean, to me, that says we are executing the mandate that we've been given in terms of our structures and we are pushing those issues. Okay, let's ask our listeners, do you believe that these youth formations, at least the ones that are represented here today, are they actually uh, representing the youth of this country? Uh, I'm not even going to ask, you know, to what degree. Just tell me what your thoughts are with regard to this. I want to ask them about the issues, for example, what they think is important right now, which issues ought to be prioritized. And I want to talk about the issue of circumcision when we come back, given that young people are not only dying, but they are actually uh, being maimed in their numbers year after year after year. And I tell you what, I've heard very little from the youth movements. But what are your thoughts? 0891-104-208 is our calling number. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And our guest this morning, Mpo Morolane from the EFF, uh, Yusuf Kasim from the Democratic Alliance, and we also have uh, Mbali Slope from the African National uh, uh, Congress Youth League. So those are our guests. Let's hear it from you. Um, no, before we go there, I wanted to know about initiations and what happens year after year. Let me start with you, Yusuf Kasim. Well, it's interesting that you ask the question, Nasikin. In fact, tomorrow... I'll be uh, joining our uh, national spokesperson uh, in Parliament uh, in Lebode uh, to visit the families uh, of uh, uh, those that have lost their lives tragically um, uh, due to uh, specific uh, practices um, uh, over the course of tomorrow and the following day. Um, And, of course, uh, we need to ensure, uh, Sakina, that the legislation is tightened up and that uh, there is proper enforcement of legislation so that our young people are safe within these practices and the right regulations are being followed. Yeah, but you see, uh, the Democratic Alliance mother body could have told me that. As as, as the youth uh, formation, I mean, we know these things happen year in and year out. What have you proactively done to go out and speak to the youth or conscientize them, uh, you know, uh, to actually approach this issue in a better way? Well, so again, I, I mean, you said the Democratic Alliance has told you that, although it's our structures mobilized on the ground with young people that are able to understand the issues from young people directly and take it through our structures. So there's an important link that's missing in the process. You know, one doesn't just jump uh, straight through to another party, say, for example, MPA, who is going to sit in his office or office or in her or his constituency and understand the issue more broadly as it affects young people from different backgrounds Mm. in different geographic areas throughout the country. Those come through our structures, they come through our discussion documents, and we are able to then table proposals as to how as a society and as a political party within our society, the issues must be dealt with. And so we do so. We take it through our discussion processes. We are able to understand exactly what are the different circumstances because they differ from area to area and they differ differ across different cultures as well. Um, And we take it through our structures and we therefore mobilize on issues in that fashion. Sounds very long-winded, but what do you do, uh, EFF? Look, uh, first and foremost, uh, I mean, uh, initiation, it's, it's, it's the culture of the indigenous people, it's the identity of indigenous people, and uh, it, it should remain as such. However, yes, uh, there are wrong things that are happening year in, year out. 
and uh, we are of the view that uh, firstly there must be a legislation speaking unto uh, initiation schools you would uh, know that uh, majority where wrong uh, things are happening it's illegal schools and firstly we must ensure that uh, we deal uh, with the illegality of uh, many of these schools and ensure that there's proper monitoring mm. uh, provinces should know uh, how many initiation schools are there uh, in a particular region and so on and so forth and that's how it's going to become easier uh, for the government, for the province to but regulate. Yeah, it's rhetoric. <coughs> Why did you not go to your constituency and address the issue? Look, uh, the, the, the EFF, remember I've said to you that uh, as the student command we recently launched. Okay, but, let's uh, park uh, no, it no, 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 no. We right. can't park it there, uh, Sakin. You're saying you recently launched, yes. so we haven't had time to I'm do it. I'm saying that uh, the, the mother body has been consistently engaging with the communities. Perhaps you don't know about it yourself. But I'm telling you that uh, the motherboard uh, has been engaging with communities on a consistent basis on these issues. Speaking to the youth this morning, and we are asking uh, whether broader political squabbles are diverting uh, youth formations from executing their mandates. And thus far, it would seem that that is indeed the case. I'm yet to be convinced. I wonder if you are. 0891-104-208. Mbali, before I go to the lines, I didn't give you a chance to respond to the initiation story. Thanks, Sakina. I think maybe let's begin with just answering some of what my speakers have said. It's quite laughable that <laughs> both Mpo and uh, Mr. Kasim are beneficiaries of the strides of the NC. Yet today they sit and say that the NC has done to them. Not so long, you see, Paul is a former comrade of mine. Um, and not so long ago, he was appreciating the work that the <laughs> ANC is doing and where it is, and the strides that we've made through time, not so long ago. So it's quite interesting today that his views have changed, um, and all of a sudden he's got amnesia, he doesn't remember what the ANC has done. Initiation. <laughs> Let's move to the issue of initiation. Initiations, uh, Sakina, obviously are about our culture and celebrating um, who we are as a people. As much as that, as much as they are a cultural act, um, what we understand and what we say as the youth league is that yes, we support them. However, they should be done and conducted in a manner that is done properly. We obviously do not support the. Uh, illegal initiation schools that are going up and our structures on the ground are out there to educate our people that as much as ours is to protect our culture and to celebrate it we ought to ensure that things are done properly because what media does not report about is the success stories that are there and the various uh, initiates that have gone through initiation schools and come out and continue and come out there as strong individuals into society having learned the the various cultural lessons and so forth. But what does that have to do with the youth formations? Oh, 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 you can't seriously be claiming, you know, victory over that issue. No, no, we're not claiming it. What we're merely saying is that you're raising the issue of circumcision. And mm-hmm. I'm saying to you that let's not look only at the bad that is taking place. But we must equally understand that there are schools that are being run properly. Yes, we, are f- we fully agree with you that in the instances where we have lost lives and things are done not properly and so forth, there needs to be legislation in place that ensures that things are, are done correctly. Mm. And our structures are there to voice those concerns. But, but we, are they voicing the concerns? They certainly are. They certainly are. Our structures, we... The How ANC many young men seven- lost their manhoods last week? Just last week. How many? Mbali doesn't know Mpo. How many? <laughs> 
Look, uh, it's of course many, but uh, ah, no, how no, many? Sakina, how many impo? Sakina, simple the, question, impo. No, 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 no. It doesn't need an explanation. How many? The statistics that you have might not uh, necessarily uh, be correct. Ah, impo, you're trying now, to be clever. No, uh, Yusuf Kasim, how many? How many? And 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 I guess it, it's it's a little point, but it proves the point. You guys are not even following this very important issue that speaks to young people who are supposed to be your constituencies. And this is what we are asking this morning: Are you actually focused on the issues of the youth, or are you simply looking for a place at the bigger table, as it were? Is this careerism for you guys? Are you using these platforms as a stepping stone, or what is the No, issue? no, no, no. We can't uh, say it's careerism. I know you were no. going to say no. Sakina. That's Sakina. Why is it unfair? Why is it unfair? Because it's like saying to us, how many people have died yesterday? We can't confirm that. We certainly can't confirm to you. The but biggest, my one of is, the biggest stories on the local scene last week was that of the initiates, illegal initiation schools, initiates who have died and initiates who have lost their manhood. Only one of the biggest stories covered by every media institution. And you're telling me it's unfair? No, Sakina. I think let's get one thing straight. Trying to bring down the situation and then and put us to say how many people have lost their lives and so forth is unfair in the sense that we're saying to you and we're giving you what our stance is on initiation and some of the wrongs that are taking place. But wanting to draw it down to saying that because we don't know the exact number, we are therefore not in touch is incorrect. Because I'm saying to you that as much as we continue and speak about crime, the NC Youth League in Gauteng, for example, had a Wanya Zotzi campaign, which shows you how... We have elevated the issue of crime and take it very seriously. But you could today come to me and say to me, how many people died last week? I can't confirm that. But I wouldn't ask you that. No, but it's not. But different. I wouldn't ask you. It, it's it, not it is very different, Mbali. It is very different if you are claiming that the youth is your constituency. Then I would expect you to know the same way I would expect the commissioner of police to know how many people. Which for example, stats which people exactly. sit down and they compile. But the point but we're is, we're here right with you right now, and we're saying to you that we may not have the exact numbers because we have obviously not compiled the that data. Is, but the point is, we still have views on the issue, and we take it very seriously. But views are dime a dozen. But let's go to the calls. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. That's the number to dial. We have them in studio. What are your questions this morning? And of course, what we are asking is whether broader political squabbles are diverting youth formations from focusing and executing their mandate as youth formations. Let's go to the lines. SA2 in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Sakina, and good morning to the people in studio with you. Welcome. Yes, what I want to say is that it's amazing how uh, the DA and EFF are quick to claim the negative to the ANC, but the positive, they quickly say, no, it's not because of the ANC. The fact of the matter is that many young people, including the EFF and the DA people, they are beneficiaries of the ANC youth league strides to make youth issues relevant. One of those issues is NASAS and the issue of NOFI schools. Uh, from high school, I went to a NOFI school. I didn't pay fees in my, fee in my school. So in South Africa, we have Northeast schools. That was an, an issue raised by the ANC Youth League, and they made sure that the motherboard to the ANC in government implements that. And then I went to varsity. 
I used a government aid. So that is another issue that was raised by the ANC this week and made sure that the ANC, the mother vote to implement. As a matter of fact, uh, the middle class in South Africa, the black middle class, grew to about 4 million uh, recently, in like 2013. So all of those things are because of the ANC Youth League making sure that youth issues are made relevant. So for us today to say that's because of the politics that we see on TV and because the ANC doesn't have... Oh, lost essay to there. Apologies, but I think we get the gist of it. Tabiso and Pulukwane, good morning. Sakina, I, I think uh, uh, two points here. Yeah. Uh, when you deal with issues that has to do with young people, uh, you know very well that uh, matters and challenges of young people do not exist outside the broader societal challenges. I think that is the first point. And the second point would be that uh, I'm very happy that the fellow uh, uh, from DA acknowledged that uh, the ANC has made strides. Alongside, we're talking about learnerships and internships. And also, we are saying most fairly that they are implementing it in the Western Cape. Those are, those are struggles and resolutions of the previous leadership of the I mean, from 2004 downwards. Those are some of the things. And when it comes to uh, the issue of initiation, I know very well, for example, that uh, some of us, uh, even being members of the NC League and NC, are participating in a number of organizations called... Uh, organization like Vokadev, so that is doing a great work in the Eastern Cape and Houghton. I know very well that a number of about 80 young people have been rescued from illegal initiates, and we know very well that as well, uh, last week from Wednesday you heard about 21 deaths and so on and so forth, and number is increasing daily, so on and so forth. I'm saying is that uh, what, what the organization and the ANC in particular have been able to do to young people, it, without even actively participating in the leadership process, is to create an environment where as young people from these progressive organizations were able to participate in a number of institutions, a number of NGOs, and advocate for safer initiation methods. And we also, if you remember very well this year, Cabinet came strongly and resolved on, on making sure that there is a serious dialogue to make sure that the issue of initiations uh, is, is highly regulated in this particular country. Because if you check various provinces, would realize that would have and our apologies because I don't know what the lines are doing this morning, but uh, uh, clearly you need to keep it short and sharp because you will be lost somewhere along the line. Eddie in Wood and Alteris. Eddie? All right, Eddie, not there. Let's move on to Gift in Pretoria. Um, I'll tell you one thing. NSF has produced more graduates than any other uh, 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 or either compared to the private sector. And also that maybe what important is to bear in mind is that the ANC-led government has allocated more funds to student funding than any other department. As I speak to you right now, I'm a lawyer. I graduated from Teflop campus in the University of Limpopo to which more than 80% of students were dependent on NSF. So this test that he's giving out there, I think they're eating from them. As Mbani has said, uh, he's only changing his mind or he's pretending to, to have forgotten what the ANC has done for him because now he's on the other side of the fence. And the question that we need to ask him, because I think he's a student there, who's funding this, 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 uh, this there? You'll find that it's the ANC-led government, so NSR. All right. Thanks so much. Gift in Pretoria. Uh, Sindani in Ranfontein. Yes, a question and a comment to the EFF rep. 
One is to say I've been studying their declaration and it looks very interesting. Uh, I would want him to expand on the point where they speak about the workers in the, the domestic workers within the institutions themselves. There's a point that they're raising there, but wanting to expand sounds interesting. But secondly, to say we've, we have been following the, the work that they're doing in the University of Limbobo. Uh, the question would be if they continue winning more institutions like they are doing now, uh, will we see the same thing being done in, in these other institutions, uh, particularly to the feeding schemes and so on? Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sindani. Sam in Santon. Hi, Sakina. Yes, Sam. I think the first problem is that the difficulty with these youth formations is that they emulate their mother bodies. How they do so is that it's a question of of legitimacy. The one doesn't recognize the other. It's government bashing all the time. And as a result of that, we aren't really able to get any constructive engagement to the benefit of us as young people on the ground. The second two points I'd like to make are these. If we're looking at employment, unemployment, my question to them is this. Have we really spoken to the real issues for, um, um, facing unemployment? Because we see in this country, we also have a very unique situation of structural unemployment where people aren't really being well-equipped to enter into the job market. It's not that the market isn't there, the people aren't equipped to enter. The third point is on entrepreneurship. See, with all of the solutions that are being proposed, I'm a young entrepreneur myself, but the problem is what you're doing is you're creating a state dependency. Now, when you have people that are dependent on government tenders, dependent on financing from the the whole time, these aren't entrepreneurs. I'm not sure how many of you have entrepreneurial slash corporate experience, but that's not how you build an entrepreneurship. You aren't building thorough, proper business acumen. And my question to you is, how are you looking to install that through your formations? Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much uh, there, Sam. Okay, let's start with what Sam has said in Bali. I think Sam raises a very important question. Um, you'll know that our, our economy was, struck, was tilted towards the tertiary sector. Um, and this is a sector that would obviously absorb skilled labor. Through the advocacy of the ANC Youth League and the ANC, we have called for government to move towards the secondary sector to ensure that we're able to absorb both skilled and unskilled labor. But to go beyond that, government has now taken a stance to say that it wants to build black industrialists. Because we understand that historically our economy has been about taking our raw materials, shipping them out of the country, and getting them back as, as um, final products. We want to change that narrative. And what government is saying is that we want to start to create producers. And I fully agree with what Sam is saying, is that we need individuals to start being to move away from wanting seeking jobs to start to be employers and you can only do that by ensuring that you build and you create an environment where entrepreneurship can thrive and government is attempting to do that for example as i said that the move towards the tertiary sector and the move towards and the focus now on building black industrialists will ensure that we're able to create more jobs because in south africa currently government is the biggest employer this mm-hmm. is not sustainable it, it isn't sustainable. It's not a sustainable uh, situation. But the moment you empower people to become and create jobs and be able to be employers, you're able to multiply the number of people that you can absorb into the economy. Mm. But importantly, you're able to ensure that young people who are currently sitting at home and not employed, you create opportunities for them to be employed, both your skilled and unskilled, through manufacturing um, as your base.
But how do we move beyond the rhetoric to actually seeing results for young people? You know, because we're very good, everyone will tell you, at coming up with great grand policies. But when it comes to implementation, we seem to fall flat. Uh, Sakina, uh, you, you need uh, political will uh, if you want to implement. I mean, we've been hearing the rhetoric uh, from the ANC since 1994. Uh, Mbali now is talking about uh, black uh, industrialists. And how are you going to ensure that uh, you create producers who will participate in the economy uh, if you don't ensure that uh, there is state participation in the economy itself. I don't think uh, you're going to arrive at that. And this is what as the EFF uh, was saying. Was saying that there should be state participation in the economy so that the state can then divert to issues such as uh, black industrialists and, and, and all of that. Before you have state participation, uh, you'll speak uh, rhetoric till 2030 as the NDP of the ANC and the DA is saying. And I want to challenge uh, both uh, the speaker from the Democratic Alliance and the ANC Youth League because they seem to be passionate about uh, issues of entrepreneurship and all of that. Now, let us go a little bit to education. In the uh, national demo, in the NDP, uh, they say that uh, by 2030, they must at least have uh, 75% of uh, staff members who are academics. And I want to know how are they going to arrive at that. Number one, you have uh, institutions of higher learning which have absolute uh, uh, autonomy. And I want to know that uh, this NDP, uh, that is uh, lazy, uh, how are they going to arrive at that? Also in the white paper for post-school education and training, it is stated that... uh, Africans constitute only 30%. And it links to what uh, the NDP is saying when it comes to their targets of 2030. Now, let us have a discussion in that regard as to how are they going to arrive at that. Mm, Yusuf Kasim? Well, I think, Sakina, I mean, I'm not sure why Mpo speaks. It it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. There's There's a lot of contradictions in terms of uh, you know, what has been said by both himself, by Mbali, you can't on the one, on one hand say, for example, that an institution has uh, a, a, a full autonomy. That's actually not true. It has limited autonomy. And on the other hand, Mbali is saying that, uh, you know, we need to create 100 black industrialists in order uh, so people that can, can become entrepreneurs. That's not how you create entrepreneurs in South Africa so that people don't just look for a job. Um but let's get back to the main point. The, the point that you asked is there can be a lot of rhetoric and there can be many contested ideas which we have and the different political organizations have that. How does it become implementable? And, and the answer to that is uh, if you have brought it front and center of your government's policy um, and that becomes implementable within your government's policy, it then has a real effect on people on the ground. So if, for example, we implement a full youth wage subsidy, and young people are able to then access a job which they otherwise would not have been able to access because they were told that you need specific experience uh, in the job market before you can access that job, and without an incentive for them to be employed in this regard, they would not have gotten a job. This is something real. This is something tangible that a young person can access 
can gain experience and can become relevant to the job market going forward. If a young person gets an opportunity voucher, for example, um, as is being run as a pilot in the Western Cape, they will have access to a whole range. And this is something that's real, and I can give you countless stories, success stories um, of young people that have built businesses from the ground up that are thriving, that are employing over 20 and 30 people within six months to a year after uh, the right type of targeted support, not just funding, but in addition to funding, the type of support in order to grow the business, grow the skills base in the business, uh, etc. So there's a range of things that take place once you take a particular issue and you develop a, a way of addressing that issue that affects young people and that becomes implementable within your government. And there are times that the youth formation can fail in that regard. Um, and currently we face a crisis, for example, in higher education and training, mm-hmm. which is a national competency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a lot of the things that have been seen actually just simply untrue. I know one of the callers said that the government spends more on NASFAS than any other department, which is totally untrue. The government only subsidizes NASFAS to the tune of 6 billion rand, um, which is a fraction of the national fiscus and uh, is, is, is actually a drop in the ocean in terms of what's required to give young people opportunities. And in fact, this government, as much as Mbali says education is an apex priority, spends less on higher education and training as a percentage of GDP than the average for the entire African continent and significantly less than other OECD countries. I think that's something they need to look into with their government. Um, but we know that as, as a Democratic Alliance youth and our student wing in particular, we've brought this issue front and center within our party. If there was a DA government tomorrow, we would invest significantly within higher education and training, not as is currently uh, being done, and we would make it free for poor students that qualify, and particularly uh, uh, you know, with, within postgraduate studies that are not being funded by government. So the significant point that I'm making is, like, you know, is that if the youth organization is to be relevant, and if it's, as you say, not just about young people wanting to advance their own political careers, they need to be able to access the, the aspirations and ambitions and issues that affect young people. They need to bring them front and center within the discourse of the, uh, of the political environment and within their own political parties, and they need to make it implementable within the policies of their party so that when their party is in government, it, beca- it actually affects the, the young people on the ground and they can be able to feel those So things. let me ask this. In the interest of the young people of South Africa, the youth of South Africa, would all of you be willing to forego your party political allegiance to work together in order to arrive at an outcome that serves the youth of South Africa? Or are you party first and youth later? Mpo? Well, Look, uh, just we, a moment, uh, we, Kassi, uh, we are prepared uh, to lead all students, on all young people in the country. Uh, we, we wouldn't have a problem. Uh, I'm not to, saying to, you to, as to, EFF. I'm saying you as a collective. But, 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 but that, that is the collectivity that I'm talking about. I'm saying as the EFF Students Command, mm. we don't have a problem okay. leading uh, young people leading. Uh, uh, you in this lead. country. Uh, young people in all institutions of higher learning uh, 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 who will be, be, be behind the EFF uh, students. We don't have a problem with that. That is a uh, co- co- collect. So, so, so your answer about. to my question is no. Uh, Mbali? <laughs> so, you know, we derive our ideological outlook um, and our understanding of the country and its challenges from our mother body. And that is the NC. This is what derives our, what, where we derive our politics. 
But as far as us as youth formations working together, we certainly don't have a problem with that because we understand that youth face the same problems. We might have different outlooks as far as how we understand politics, but as far as the challenges at hand and us working together, we're more than open to work with the opposition. And we're saying that as far as crime, we'll all face crime, we'll all face unemployment and so forth, and there's absolutely no problem. So we extend that hand to everybody and say, work with us in ensuring that we fight against the scourge of, of the ills that we see within us. Yusuf? Yes, again, I think the main point to make here, it's actually not about a political allegiance. It's about the principles that one holds. So we base our whatever issue that we speak of, we base it on specific principles of freedom, fairness, and opportunity. And on. so if we sit together and we, we can bring bipartisan discussions on any issue, it must be based on those principles. So we could never, for example, sit and discuss something that is going to, uh, 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 you know, close down opportunities for young people to access postgraduate studies because it doesn't conform with our principles and our ideological outlook um, on how do we take South Africa forward. Um, so, yes, we're willing to speak with everyone. We're willing to have bipartisan uh, cooperation on any particular issues that will take those issues forward for young people based on these principles that we believe will be able to provide a better future for young people. Well, that unfortunately is the hour. That's all we had time for this morning. But I must say thank you very much uh, for coming through and, um, you know, for uh, giving us some insights into what it is that the youth formations are doing. Just a few uh, parting messages. Uh, this one from uh, Simpiwe at UJ says, Ah, please, ANC, your NSFAS is nothing to be proud of. Uh, another one says uh, there would be jobs for the youth if South Africa stopped importing almost everything. Another one, uh, young people must go for education and not listen listening to Blade and Zimande, who encourages them to fight uh, for their political failures. And then Amanda Eteguini says, EFF uh, says they're surprised to see the ANC Youth League present today. Is it because they thought they had destroyed it, uh, but let them know that the ANC Youth League exists and at the level of EFF is yet to find itself in its branches? Well, that's where we're going to leave it. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to you. Back again tomorrow morning between 6 and 9.